Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Well, when we were little kids, we used to play a game, hide and seek. You'd count to 100, everybody ran around, and then the guy would shout, ready or not, here I come. That's about the way I feel every four years when the election cycle rolls around. Ready or not, here it comes. We have to endure it, and then we listen to the politicians. We watch their commercials, and then we have to decide, and then it's all over for another four years. Today on The Scent Life, we want to talk about the election cycle itself, what that has to do with uh, missions, and a special interview with a special guest. Thanks for joining us on The Scent Life. Well, Greg, this is it. It's election season. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can't watch a YouTube video or a football game or anything else without being reminded that mm-hmm. it's time for us to prepare to go to the polls and vote. That's right. You know, this is a missions podcast, Greg. What in the world? Um, is there a missionary way to even think about the election, <laughs> or is it just something completely separate from right. uh, from missions? Yeah. Now, that's a great question, uh, but I, I really do think there's there's some easy connections between missions and elections and the political life. The easiest one would be, Scott, that it's the world in which we live, and particularly here in the U.S., uh, this is that season, this is that time of year, and so if we want to live the scent life, we have to engage in the world around us, the culture around us, have those conversations. And the biggest conversation right now is the election. Plus, uh, the scriptures tell us quite a bit about uh, our officials and those leaders and how we should think about them and pray for them. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes the election can afford us an opportunity to deepen relationships, Mm -hmm. uh, which can uh, hopefully build opportunities for evangelism. Obviously, the election gives us an opportunity (laughs) to destroy relationships, too. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) And we don't want that to happen. Uh, Also, you know, there are significant issues in the elections that affect missions. There is religious liberty. Mm -hmm. There is international Mm -hmm. um, rapport, which allows opportunities for Americans to travel, missionaries to go places. So there really are some issues uh, that uh, that any election brings in when we think about missions. It's easy for Great Commission-focused Christians just to cast our hands up and say, this is not important. Mm -hmm. Let's just get about the business of whatever the business is. But we really do think that there are sent life significance to... to the election cycle. Well, and it's an opportunity for us because we're not just thinking about our own backyard and our own culture. We want to think about the globe. And so we understand that elections and politics and leadership has massive impact on the church and missions and evangelism. And we have an opportunity, even if it's one that's unsavory to us every four years here, it's another opportunity to, like you said, engage with real people, engage with the culture, but also to understand that we we might have some uh, some opportunities and some ways to engage that some of our brothers and sisters around the world don't have. And so we don't want to miss this time in this place. Yeah, it's a reminder of what God's done and the opportunity that God's given us. Well, yeah. today on the Scent Life podcast, we are uh, talking about elections mm-hmm. and the election cycle. 
Uh, we are not going to advocate for any candidate. We're not going to advocate for any party. We are going to encourage you to think missionally and Christianly about uh, about politics. Greg, how are we going to do that today? It's going to be a fun, f- fun podcast today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, uh, we're going to get some help from one of our friends, David Platt. He just recently wrote a book called Before You Vote, Seven Questions Every Christian Should Ask. A little book, a great book, a helpful book. And so we're going to talk to him, but we're not just going to talk to him. We thought, let's, uh, let's put his money where his mouth is. And so <laughs> we're going to have my oldest daughter on here who is a first-time voter, and she's going to engage in conversation with David Platt, not just the author, but you're going to hear from a pastor and a dad as he counsels my daughter on what she should be thinking about, how she should think about the election cycle, and then making her voice heard. And so He's going to join us via Zoom. We're going to have, I think, a fun conversation. So continue to listen to The Scent Life. Thank you so much for being with us today. We have a special privilege today. We have... uh, Dr. David Platt. David is well known to most of you who are listening in, but he's the lead pastor at McLean Bible Church. And uh, we're here today talking with him in this um, really interesting season where now everybody has to vote and uh, that type of thing. And David, you've just written a book that's come out just in the last couple of months before you vote. Can you talk to us just a little bit about why did you write a book on voting and uh, what's the book about? Yeah, so it's basically the subtitle is Seven Questions Every Christian I Would Encourage to Ask Before You Vote. And there's a variety of other things I'd rather write on instead of stepping into this particular topic. (laughs) And I've asked myself the question numerous times, why did I write this? And the answer is because, well, particularly pastoring in Metro D.C., but I would say in a broader context, even in our country, where we we do have this vote and this part to play uh, to steward, in a representative democracy and and in light of the toxicity in our political climate that i don't think the church is immune to i am zealous so this is just me as a pastor i'm thinking primarily about the church god's entrusted me to shepherd when when they are getting inundated with messages about politics i i know they're either going to be discipled by the world and how to think about politics or they're going to be discipled by god's word and I'm zealous to disciple them with God's word. And, uh, and so to help show how God's word speaks to uh, politics and issues that would affect our stewardship of voting. So that's my purpose. I mean, I just middle of the summer decided, all right, I want to, I want to help shepherd our church in this way. So it's been a, a fast track and, and hopefully those folks beyond our church, but really just wanting to help people how do we grow in Christ in the middle of an election? That's really my primary aim. Right. Uh, how do we maintain unity in the church in a political climate that that yeah wants to divide us? And and then in that, how do we glorify God with a clear conscience with how we use our vote in a really difficult decision that we make? Sure. Yeah. And your church obviously is positioned in a place where conversations about politics is the norm, right? I mean, even even a year or so ago, you, you know, the president of the United States came to your church. You had the opportunity to pray with him and pray for him. And so it's just part of everything going on. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Just, is there a, 
a quick summary point, or you talk about being discipled. So how would you summarize kind of your, your argument in the book and that type of thing? Basically, and uh, I'm actually in downtown DC right now. There's some uh, bells going off in the background. So sorry about that. <laughs> we but, hear that. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's not just music I'm providing for this. Uh, <laughs> um, one, I really do want to help people think through how do you let scripture inform, because uh, obviously we want scripture to inform everything we do in our lives. How does it, how does scripture speak to voting and the issues that we're processing through in voting? So really to make a word-driven, Lord willing, spirit-led decision with how we vote. And then second, I really, the more I... I hear rhetoric in the church. You can't be a Christian and vote this mm. way, or you can't be a Christian yeah. and vote that way. I'm just zealous to make sure we're only saying those things when God has said those things. And uh, and so I really am like my hidden purpose in the book, although I, I try to make it explicit in different ways, is really to promote <laughs> unity around Jesus, just to right. say in a very clear way that the church is not for Trump and the church is not for Biden. The church is for Jesus. And yeah. I, I'm not trying to be overly simplistic in that, but that's that's a message I want the church I pastor to be clear on. And that's a message I long for our country mm -hmm. to be clear on. Um, and I don't think it's it's clear. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, and, and then, and I really want to help people. Like I'd say in the beginning of the book, I, I hope that people love Jesus more, trust Jesus more, hope in Jesus more as a result of praying through how to vote. Like that's, I, I want uh, our affection for Jesus to grow and our longing for his kingdom to come to increase. Yeah, that's great. Appreciate that. Yeah, David, uh, really do appreciate that. And what Scott said earlier, we are privileged that you're on the Scent Life podcast with us. And uh, not only as part of the podcast, but as a dad, uh, I'm, a, I'm the dad to four daughters. And uh, the fact that uh, they have an opportunity to, to read through your book um, has been a good thing. And, and my oldest daughter uh, is actually with us today. Uh, and so I'm excited about this, privileged to have her on the podcast with us, my oldest daughter, Jordan. She's actually a freshman at NC State. And this is her first election where she's going to be able to make her voice heard. Uh, and so we're, we're starting to work through this book. And so we thought it would be fun if she had an opportunity to speak with you and just ask some questions. I mean, she can read the book, but what better way than to talk uh, to the author of the book? And so uh, I'm going to turn this over to Jordan, and I think she's going to be a tougher interview than we are. She's going to ask you some questions about how to vote in her first election. So Jordan, here you go. Yeah, okay. hi. Um, it's really good to be talking to you. Um, I'm glad that we can do this. So the first question that I have is just as a first-time voter and a Christian, is there like a certain way that we should be voting, whether it be Republican or Democrat? Great question. And this is so great, Jordan. I think my oldest is uh, 14, and so he's not yet, but we've been having these conversations and he's been, we've been going deep. So let, let's go for it. So uh, when, I, when I think about that question, even specifically the way you phrased it, like how should a Christian vote? Like I want to, especially as a pastor, but even as just, your brother in Christ, I want to be really careful to only use that language like you need to vote this way if or need to do anything for that matter if God has clearly said that. So yeah. I want to make sure to distinguish between what God has said and then what my thoughts might be, how I would recommend or even counsel you on a personal level, which might be, well, I would say is different because uh, God's word doesn't 
speak specifically to you. Yeah, I mean, there's no verse. It's like vote Democrat, vote Republican. And so there's actually not even a verse in the Bible that says vote. There's not a command that says to vote. So if we even step back there, I, I wouldn't even say you need to vote. I would. So this is part of what I, I walked through in the first chapter in the book, like just because we don't have a biblical command to vote uh, because, well, Old Testament, New Testament times really weren't dealing with democratic elections. And so God didn't speak to that. Uh, so we don't have a, a clear command to vote, but we do have a clear picture in scripture to steward God's grace that he gives to us for the good of others, love our neighbors as ourselves and for his glory ultimately. And so, so we can't be lazy with our vote. We have to think through how do we steward this, our voice and our vote. And then, so then specifically Republican or Democrat, one of the things I walked through in the book and, and the way I would summarize it is, and particularly in a presidential election, there are so many different issues that play into that decision. And there's not one party that has a monopoly on justice. There's not one party that has a monopoly on righteousness. We live in a fallen world and we've got two imperfect parties to choose from that actually leads into a question, well, what about a third party? And so that's, that's a whole nother issue. So I'm gonna all that to say, my hope is that through this book and through conversations with other followers of Christ, that you're gonna be helped, not by being told Democrat or Republican because God's not spoken that clearly, but helped to be able to weigh the issues that make you think, okay, I think this candidate, this party, even that question, sorry, I'm making this, I'm not really answering the question specifically because God's not, but I'm actually making it a little more complicated. Um, this is part of what drives my 14 year old nuts. But uh, I, uh, there's also the question of candidate and party, like when you're voting, who are you voting? Who are you voting for? Are you voting for a party or are you voting for a candidate? And sometimes you may like what a party stands for, but not really prefer that candidate uh, personality wise or otherwise, or you may really like personality or a particular candidate, but not like what the party stands for. And so even that's a part of the calculation that you're making in voting is to how much weight am I giving to this particular candidate or how much weight am I giving to this particular party? So I think it's possible somebody could say, well, I really, I prefer this candidate personally, but what that party represents, I, I don't. And on the other hand, I don't prefer this candidate personally, but I do prefer what that party represents. And so at that point, I'm going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a decision. Okay, what's, what are you going to weigh heavier in that picture? All right, there we go. That was a total non-answer when it comes to here's, a, here's, the, here's the call, Republican or Democrat. But the last thing I would say is the goal in, in stewarding our vote is to make sure that our starting point is God's word and we think through all the issues that parties have different positions on, and we filter how those parties address those issues through the lens of God's word. So our starting point is not, I like this party, therefore let me go to God's word and find reasons to. Our starting point is our foundation is God's word. So now let me filter all these issues as best as I can through God's word, see where God's work has spoken clearly, and then other places where God's word is not spoken clearly. So. Yeah, I, I think that is really helpful and uh, good to think about. And another question going back on what you said um, about thinking about the different key issues with, um, so when we're making a decision for a certain candidate, um, are there any key issues that we should be focusing on when we are making that decision? So my encouragement would be amidst the 
myriad of issues, particularly in a presidential election, which is really important. I would I would just say there's there's I can think about years ago there was a, a vote on the ballot in many states uh, for marriage to uh, promote a biblical definition of marriage or go against a biblical like that's that's pretty clear because it's one issue and the Bible speaks very clearly to that issue. So that is like a no brainer. That's where I would say a Christian should vote this way to support marriage because God is spoken really clearly on that. The, the difference in a presidential election is there, there are so many different issues at stake. And so my encouragement is to, as you think through those issues, start with the issues to which the Bible speaks most clearly and kind of work your way back to issues where the Bible speaks less clearly, which means uh, take an issue, well, mentioned marriage, abortion, care for the poor. There are so many different issues, care for the sojourner even, when it comes to sexuality and what the Bible teaches about sexuality. So to to look, start to take all these issues where the Bible speaks most clearly, and I'm gonna, I would encourage you to weigh those issues heaviest to as opposed to issues where the Bible doesn't speak as clearly. And the other factor I would add into that, and I walk through this some in the book, is not just biblical clarity, but practical consequences. So what are the issues at stake in this election election that as best as I can discern are gonna have the most clear effect or there, there's gonna be most consequences from why I think that's important? Because let's just take any one of those issues. Let's let's take marriage, for example. If we were having a presidential election where either party is gonna say the same thing about marriage, then practical consequences of that, or if nothing's really gonna change about marriage in our country based on this election, then I'm not gonna weigh that as heavy as if like everything hinges on this election is going to determine what our how our country approaches marriage. Then I'm going to weigh that even heavier. So that's kind of the practical consequences. How do we see this election playing out when it comes to abortion, marriage, issues of sexuality, or uh, care for the poor, or care for sojourners, and so many other things that we might think through? So thinking through the lenses of what does the Bible say and what are the practical consequences of this election for that issue. Now that's really helpful, uh, David. Really appreciate. Uh, how you're kind of walking uh, Jordan through this. I'm also appreciative that you're not the only dad that overcomplicates answers to their kids. So really, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's good for her to hear. Uh, I think she's got just a couple more questions. If you have a few more minutes, she'd love to. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I'll try, I'll try to short my answers. <laughs> but that's the, that's the challenge, though, I would just say. And I so applaud you, Jordan, for really thinking through these things. Because, yeah, we live in a culture where, that tries to answer these kinds of questions, like in Twitter length or Instagram length posts. And it's just not like it really involves serious, thoughtful conversation together. And so anyway, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So you uh, you had said that you know, in the Bible, there's not like a specific verse that says, you know, that we should vote. But why do you think as like Christians and for people my age, why is it important for us to vote? I would say that because it's a unique grace that we have, Jordan, like our brothers and sisters in the first century didn't have it. Our brothers and sisters in North Korea right now don't have it. Uh, Mm -hmm. To be able to affect how people are cared for by our government, to be able to affect the laws that are made and how those laws are implemented, executed. That's a that's a pretty awesome stewardship. And you know, somebody might think, well, I'm just one person, but yeah, that's kind of the point. Like you are one person that God has entrusted this grace to. So don't think 
too much of yourself, but also realize like you're a part of a bigger picture and, and as a citizen in this country, but then even as a follower of Jesus as a part of the church. And so we as the church, if we don't engage in the political sphere around us with gospel saturated scripture, word driven thoughts and actions, then that's, that's going to affect the culture around us. And if we do engage, hopefully it's going to affect the culture around us in, in positive ways. So we, we want to apply our faith to the, this unique grace that God's given us. Uh, yeah. And then just one last question that I have would be um, just after the election, seeing like if my friends and family have voted differently, what is a way that I can engage them and uh, a way that highlights the gospel and not so much uh, pointing out our differences? I love that question, uh, Jordan. I would just, I love the question because I appreciate that's, we want to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, particularly as followers of Jesus. And uh, so not to compromise in any way on what the Bible has said. So it's not like we're disagreeing on whether or not on a definition of marriage or whether or not children in the womb are really are, are valuable and made by God. Like those things are clear, but, but that's exactly it. Like keep the focus in those conversations on that which is clear in God's word and let that be the foundation that unites us and then have good healthy conversations about those differences like i think it's actually a real sign of health to be able to sit across the table from a follower of jesus who maybe looks at things a little bit differently you're both holding on to god's word you're united in jesus and you like have even strong disagreement with each other. And you go back and forth and try to convince each other otherwise. I think about Romans 14 and 15, Paul says on, on differences in the church there, he says each one should be convinced in his own mind. So don't think, well, I just don't need to have strong convictions. He actually says, no, have strong convictions about even things that you might differ on, but don't let it undercut your unity together in Jesus. Let it actually increase your unity together in Jesus. One example I'd give from, our kids, like if, if I was sitting around with my kids and I asked them, what's your favorite ice cream? And if you were to say to me, ice cream flavor, and you were to say to me, don't ask that because that's going to divide your family. I'd be like, uh, no, it won't because ice cream flavor is not what our family is united on. Like our unity is much deeper than that. So we can have really good conversation about what ice cream flavors this? Now, the only problem with that illustration is I, I, I'm not comparing like who we vote for to ice cream flavor. It's much more important than that. But, but I would say it's not what our unity in Christ is built on. Like our unity in Christ is built on on who Jesus is, what Jesus did for us on the cross, his resurrection, his word. And so we can have, we're free to have conversations about things we might disagree with outside of what's clear in his word. And it's not going to, uh, I would just say, it's not going to hinder our unity because we love Jesus and his word and we're locked arms together sharing that gospel in the world because that's that's the gospel is what our country needs far more than our political opinions uh where we land on particular calculations not that political opinions aren't most important but Jesus is who we need yeah I like how you um talk about you know we need to focus on our unity in Christ and not on our differences especially like now and political differences and things like that. So. David, thank you so much uh, for not only joining us on the Scent Life podcast, but just as a dad, just hearing your pastor's heart and your dad's heart uh, for someone like my daughter, Jordan. And I know you're having these conversations 
with your kids as well. Uh, before we, we let you go, in just a minute, I want to I want to pray for you as well as other pastors who are ministering in this incredible time, not just with the political season, but everything COVID related and things of that nature. But anything else uh, that you want to encourage our listeners with uh, or uh, any other way you want to kind of highlight uh, the book that you've written before you vote? Anything else before we end? No, not beyond. I mean, there's a probably a million things to dive into, but I, uh, I just, I, I pray that post November 3rd, like we have deeper love for Jesus than we do now, deeper unity in the church than we do now. This is like, yeah, what I'm praying for every day and that we will have participated in elections, stewarded our vote in a way that the clear conscience before God, we live to glorify him. And that's, so that's, that's my prayer. And I would love to pray that specifically for Jordan and those who are listening, who are especially participating in an election for the first time. But anyway, if I could do that, I would love to do that either before or after you pray. No, you can go ahead. That'd be great. Okay. All right. Father, I, I just, I thank you for your grace and Jordan specifically. And I, I pray those things over her. I pray that she would grow in her relationship with Jesus during these days, as she seeks you, as she opens your word and discerns how to steward her vote in this way, that she would she would just love you more, trust you more, hope in you more. As she sees an imperfect world, that she would long for her heaven and that you would give her greater resolve even to share the gospel that people might know you, Jesus, and that you would help her and all of us uh, but particularly for Jordan, I pray that you would help her to glorify you with how she votes according to the leadership of your spirit and your word. God, I do. I pray that over all of us. Help us to glorify you in this time and place you've put us in. We love you, Jesus. And we're so thankful you're our king. In your name we pray. Amen. And Lord, we do come before you. Uh, Lord, I do want to pray for David. Lord, thank you for his time today. But more than that, just for his heart for your people. Uh, Lord God, we pray for him as he serves and leads uh, McLean Bible. Uh, Lord, we pray for others as well as they serve and lead their congregations, Lord. Uh, and just the reminders we've had today that it really does need to be your word uh, that shapes how we think, uh, how we act, and even how we place our vote. Uh, and so, Lord, would that be true of us? And, and I do pray that uh, whether people come across us via social media or whether it's conversations among friends and family, uh, that they would not uh, walk away hearing uh, us talk more about a political party or a candidate more than who you are, Jesus. And so I pray that that would be first on our lips. And uh, Lord, I pray that as he and others navigate this season, uh, Lord, give much grace, give wisdom. Uh, and Lord, we do pray for uh, the days after November 3rd, uh, that your church would be known uh, as those who are unified around the gospel. Uh, and so God, would that cover up uh, those places where we fall short even now. And so again, we commit David to you, uh, his ministry, his family, uh, and Lord, uh, all that is happening in and around the claim Bible. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining this conversation today. It was a special one with David Platt and my daughter as well uh, in a timely place in our culture with the election. So we just want to encourage you. You've heard a little bit about 
uh, the little book that David Platt wrote, Before You Vote, I would encourage you today, go to wherever you buy books, go ahead and get that book, read through it, pray through it. It'll be helpful as you cast your vote over the next couple weeks. So before your vote, go ahead and get that.